Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. These pounds, no. Good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to another episode of Sheologians. We are here today to put the she in December. <laughs> Wasn't last week December? She, but it was a her. This is she, December. Okay. It is different, you're right. It's not, it just, it's December. We love Christmas. Happy Christmas We're Eve. working hard here. <laughs> I'm so happy to be talking to you guys on Christmas Eve. I'm so happy that it's Christmas Eve. And jo- uh, my name is Summer Jaeger. <laughs> and I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Joy. And Joy, I just want you to know that if I were your mother, oh, I would never go to France for Christmas and forget you at home. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> would not forget you at home. Oh. Take you with me to France. Is that where they went? Yeah. I definitely wrote Chicago in my notes. That's where they live. <laughs> okay. Um, You're right, though. I am Joy and Summer. I just want you to know that if I was your mother, <laughs> I wouldn't go to Florida and forget you. Thank you. Is that where they, oh, that's where they went in the second mm-hmm. one? That's right. That's yeah. right. Yep. Um, That little troublemaker. I know. Uh, the other day, my husband made me watch um, doctors react to the injuries in Home Alone. Oh yeah, it was those so interesting. Yeah. It was really good, actually. Yeah, because those people—I mean, dang. <laughs> I mean, that was wow. not talk about a miracle. Not cool, but anyway, that's it. Yeah. Well, since it's Christmas Eve, that means yeah. well, depending on when you're listening to this, right. tonight or, I mean, hopefully on the actual eve, you're spending time with your family but, and us. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully you're snuggled up somewhere with and there's a glow socks. of some lights yeah. on a tree mm-hmm. and you're drinking your insert Christmas eggnog. beverage here, eggnog, cider, whatever, hot um, chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it is. Milk if you're Santa. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Milk if you're Santa. And you're um, just cozy. Yeah. And you're here for story time. Yeah. I'm going to tell you guys a cool story. About something that happened in when Jesus was resurrected. Because, okay, so I know like the whole season that we're in now is really focuses on the birth of Christ, the incarnation, mm-hmm. all that stuff, which is great. Yes. It's a great aspect of scripture to dwell upon and to think about. Mm-hmm. And I am all for that. But there's this thing that happens in Matthew 27 that is crazy. Mm-hmm. And, um, I had read, I mean, I grew up in a Christian home, so I've read the account of Jesus's death and resurrection, I mean, so many times, Right. but I think I was like 20 or 21 the first time I was reading this section on my own and I was like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> no one has talked to me about this before. Uh-huh. What just happened? Like this is just hitting me in a new way for some reason. Yes. So in Matthew... 27 verse 52 it says the tombs also were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised and coming out of the tombs after his resurrection they went into the holy city and appeared 
to many. Like dead people. Yeah. Got up and walked into the city after Jesus' resurrection and had interactions with people. What? (laughs) I mean. Wow. That happened. So. It's just one of those things, I guess, that gets kind of. It gets kind of lost. lost it over. does. Yeah. yeah. Um, Obviously, the resurrection is the biggest. Like, it's the point yeah. of his ministry. Right. Here. Right. Death, burial, resurrection. Big deal. Also. So tell us what you found out okay. about these people. So the first thing we need to note is that this is a miraculous event and it is only recorded in the book of Matthew. But okay. it comes to us in a list of seven things that Jesus's death set in motion. And if you don't, if you're not reading it in the Greek, it's a little harder to see that Matthew specifically put this in a list of seven things right. that happened. Um, because the, the Greek word Kai kind of marks, Kai means and, mm-hmm. um, kind of marks these seven things. Um, so if you back up and you start in verse 50, and then you read it in the Greek, mm-hmm. you can really see the seven things happened. Um, so if you back up, we get Jesus having cried out again with a loud voice, yielded up his spirit. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth shook and the rocks were split and the tombs were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised And having come out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and they appeared to many. So each of these seven things are miraculous and they have meaning. Like it's not, when we read scripture, we need to understand that it's not just, yes, it's it's a historical account of what happened, but like God's purposes are being played out in a very specific purposeful way. Um, and so these seven things, like Jesus's death, kind of kicks them off. It's like the impetus for these things happening. So you have the split of the temple veil from the top to the mm-hmm. bottom, which we know is important because it demonstrates that God was the one that split the veil. It was a right. miraculous splitting. And I think you should, if you don't know the story of the veil, then for right. sure go read that and find out. Because um, the way the veil was torn was not something that humans could have done yeah Mm -hmm. and so you have and and you have the uh what's the word i'm looking for kind of the the metaphor of the split veil giving our entrance into the holy of holies union with god super meaningful super meaningful (laughs) yes um and then you have the split rocks um which is another thing sign that god did this not man Mm -hmm. like we can't shake the earth and make rocks split right like god can um, and so this, I think, also speaks to the fact that Jesus's death um, affects both the material world and the spiritual realm. Um, the split curtain, you know, talks about the spiritual realm. And then you have the split rocks like Jesus's death also has an impact on yeah. our material world. Um, and ma- I mean, the 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 emphasis of this whole section is that it's the death of Jesus that opened the tombs and gave life to those mortal bodies. Right. Not all bodies, but many bodies. Mm-hmm. So we aren't told how many, but we know many bodies. Um, and John Piper says, this is kind of like he, he would say it's like a foretaste, like a trailer of what's to come of like the dead being given life. Yeah. Um, and so 
uh, the the last statement in that sequence of ands was, and they appeared to many. So many of the raised saints are seen by many. Um, so this wasn't like a, you know, one person had a vision or something. Mm-hmm. Like this was an actual thing that happened. Um, it was real. It was physical. And it happened publicly. And there were accounts of it. And yeah. There were accounts of it. Um, so to summarize, Matthew's account of Jesus' death was... The, his, Jesus surrendered his spirit, the curtain split, the earth shook, the rock split, the tombs opened, bodies were raised, then Jesus was raised, then they entered the city, and then many saints were seen by many. So anyway, cool. that's just a sequence of events that I had never really looked through before. And I do want to say quickly that some people make the claim, like Mike Lacona, that this section is just apocalyptic imagery they he argues and some people argue mainly people who um more liberal or even atheists um they don't believe that these miraculous events could have actually happened so to answer the the problem of oh you believe dead people are walking around they try to get around it by saying well it's just it's apocalyptic imagery right um but there's no historical reason to believe that. It's an account of what happened at Jesus' death and afterward. Um, in Matthew 24, in Jesus' teaching, there's some apocalyptic imagery, but that's in his teaching um, regarding the future destruction of the temple. Right. Um, Matthew 27 is not a teaching section. It's a historical account. Um, and this isn't the first time we've seen dead people rise. Um, in Matthew 9 and John 11, we have accounts of Jesus raising people from the dead And I think it's important that we don't just like kind of sweep this section under the rug and try to like just answer it away because we're uncomfortable. Like ultimately you believe that God became a man who dwelt among us and that if you believe in the resurrection, right. You you believe believe in miracles, miracles. (laughs) And you know, Jesus's life, death and resurrection were miraculous events that further triggered miraculous events. The greatest in my mind being the salvation of an undeserving people. Right. Yes. We are supernatural people. We yeah. do believe in the supernatural and there's just no reason to be afraid of these verses or embarrassed by them or anything like that. Amen. So I hope that will be helpful if someone brings up Matthew 27, 52 as a reason why the faith is silly. I hope you'll be encouraged to um, not be fearful in that moment, but that you have an answer and I think it's really cool. And Again, here I am with the jealousy. I kind of wish I could have seen it. But (laughs) anyway, so that's it. That's my fun story for this week. And um, so I have a fun question for you, Joanne. Okay. Do you have a Christmas gift wish list item that you're a little bit embarrassed about? Is there something that you like a present that you want, but you don't really want people to know that you want it? <laughs> um, <laughs> is now the right time to talk about that? Yeah. Um, yes. Okay. Because you're not going to get it this year. It's too late. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Santa's still coming. Well, it's it's not too late. It's, it's too late. I've been good. <laughs> not really. I'm depraved. Wow. What a horrible Calvinist you are. <laughs> I was good this year, you guys. <laughs> That I'm embarrassed to get to ask for. Or maybe just like not something that you want to tell the 
lots of people that are listening. <laughs> I'm trying to force you to tell it. It's, it's, you know, think of the thing you don't want to say, then say then it. say it. That's what makes this fun. <laughs> I honestly don't know if I have one. Okay. Do you have one? Um, yeah, for sure. What is it? Well, okay, I have, I have to, if I spell it, will they know? <laughs> it's a P-O-L-L-Y. I really want a Polly Pocket. <laughs> like, oh, I cool. really want a Polly Pocket, but there's, uh, there's two. And I mean, it, it's so dumb. Like, what am I going to do with a Polly Pocket other than just be happy that I have one and make like right. eight year old summer happy? Um, I feel like maybe we both need Polly Pockets so we could play with them. I mean, I wouldn't even. I Are would just, gonna... I wouldn't even touch it. I would... And when I say play, I mean like show them to each other. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what's in your Polly Pocket? <laughs> um, my other one, I really, really, really want a record player. Like, I don't want to wait for my dad to die to inherit <laughs> his record player. Uh-huh. Like, I really... But it's a little embarrassing because I don't own any records because I've never had a record player. Uh-huh. But I feel like if I had a record player, then I would get a bunch of records. Right. And I want to introduce my kids to record players. And I feel a little silly. Well, maybe tomorrow you'll open up a large box. <laughs> That'll have a record player in it. We'll just have to see. I'm almost positive that the large box in my living room is my record player. Is a dresser. <laughs> <laughs> it's another dresser. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. I think maybe if mine's embarrassing, it would uh-huh. just be like a bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or, uh-huh. I don't know. I've always wanted cast iron. Oh, yeah. Cast iron is expensive yeah. and yeah. it's just not something I've ever rationalized yeah. purchasing mm-hmm. for myself, but I have a great cast iron skillet and I love it. Yeah. I love it so much. I know. They're, and they're it's, I'm going to pass cool. it down and it's going to be in the family and it's good as a weapon. It's good as a weapon. I cooked a pot pie in it. Oh, it's really great. Yeah. Um, hey, you guys. So for Christmas, what we would love from you is if you went to patreon.com slash theologians and partnered with us. We have some really, really exciting stuff coming up for you guys um, in the new year and we need your support. So if you went to patreon.com slash theologians for six bucks a month, you can get early release episodes and um, other Patreon only content. And Well, and honestly, um, the more um, the more support that we have the more we can do. Yeah. Um, we are, I and mean, we're, we, we do a lot for, for what we've got. Yes. Yes, we um, do. But we <laughs> always have, you know, we're not, we enjoy um, occasionally sitting in front of microphones with each other uh-huh. and talking about things. But I know that there's other things that we, that would, like to do. we would like to do. And we definitely yes. see Sheologians as, uh, you know, more than a podcast potentially in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, the more help and support that we can get, the more likely those things are to happen. That's right. And tomorrow, our Patreon members are getting a Christmas present from us. They are. And it's a big deal. We're so excited and I'm, for you guys. I'm so excited about this. And I am going to be posting this for you on Christmas Day. And you have to do me a favor. If you are a Patreon-only subscriber, it's our secret. You can't tell anybody. Mm-hmm. But you can enjoy it. But yes. you do have to sign up at patreon.com slash theologians. I promise you will not be disappointed. And I hope that you guys have a very merry Christmas. Same. Bye. Bye. But the fire is so delightful Since we've no place to go 
Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. It doesn't show signs of stopping. And I brought some corn for popping. The lights are turned down low. Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow.